You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Luke chapter 2 in your Bibles, we're going to begin reading in verse number 8 and we'll go down through verse number 20. And uh, if you would uh, be willing to try to read along with me, I'd appreciate that. I'll do my best not to go too fast. Uh, I love the Christmas story, and I hope you'll take some time with your family today, uh, tomorrow, to, to spend some time reading the Christmas story. You say, but I've almost got it memorized. That's good. Uh, but sometimes the more you have it uh, memorized and the more you know it, sometimes the less we think about it. And so I hope we'll really think about uh, these words as we read. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse number 8 and down through verse number 20. Ready? Let's begin in verse number 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. Uh, we have uh, no doubt we've read this Christmas story many times. Uh, perhaps there are some in this room who have uh, read the Christmas story and maybe they've experienced uh, uh, scores of Christmases. But Lord, I thank you that your word is eternal. I thank you that your word is powerful. And uh, your word is as much relevant today as it was when these words were penned uh, by the Dr. Luke. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to receive your word and may it challenge us and change us and transform us to be what we ought to be. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. And if there's anyone that's here today, uh, anyone that's watching the service, anyone that's listening by way of radio that does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. I pray they would realize their need of a Savior. And I pray that they would turn to Jesus before it's too late. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. 
I spoke last Sunday morning and last Sunday night, uh, really, and this is part three this morning, but I spoke on this subject of God speaking. Now, I want to make sure we understand that every part of this book, from Genesis to Revelation, it's all God's word. It's all God speaking. But what we saw last week, we saw specifically when the angels showed up to speak to Zacharias in the temple. And there was a message from God specifically for Zacharias. And then we saw last uh, Sunday night, God speaking to Mary. And God had a message for Mary. And the angel showed up and, and spoke to Mary. And now this morning we see in Luke chapter 2 that God has a message. And that message is specifically for these shepherds. Now I'm glad to tell you that God has a message for me, and God has a message for you today. I'm glad that God is still speaking. I'm glad that God is still alive. I'm glad that he is still in control, and he's still on the throne. And God still cares about what's going on in your life. God cares about what's going on in your situation. God has a message for us. And so if we don't receive that message, the responsibility is on us. Because God has spoken. God has given us his word. I'm glad that when God speaks, I'm glad you can always count on it to be true. I'm glad God doesn't make mistakes. Have you ever said something that you didn't mean to say or you didn't even know you were saying, right? We've all done that. God's never had that happen to him. God's never had to go back and correct the Bible and say, well, I missed this up, messed this up and I missed this. And God's word is true. And I'm glad that we have a message from God today. God speaking in the Christmas story. I want you to notice the message that God gives to these shepherds, number one. It's found in verses 9 and 10. It says that the angel of the Lord came upon these shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. That word sore means very, extremely. They were terrified. Now, I don't know what it is that scares you, um, there are certain things that we have a tendency to be very, very scared of, some more than others. Uh, I've told you one of my great fears, and uh, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not proud of it, but it's true. I am terrified of heights. I can't stand heights. I don't do heights. Uh, I don't like being up uh, on a, a roof. As a matter of fact, if I'm on that roof, I probably wouldn't get down. I'd probably be so paralyzed with fear, somebody would have to come get me. You say, oh, that's silly. Oh, that's crazy. But we all have fears. How many of you would join me in that fear of heights? Is there anyone else? Oh, good. We've got some wise, intelligent, smart folk. Okay, good. You put your hands down. Uh, Brother Dan was preaching in one of our school chapels the other day, and he was talking about how some people have a fear of snakes. My wife has a fear of snakes. My wife's fear of snakes surpasses most people's fear of snakes. My wife is not just afraid of a snake. She's afraid of a picture of a snake. She's afraid of seeing a snake on a television. Is there anyone else that can relate with my wife? And you have that same fear, all right? Well, I'm glad my wife was not in that chapel service when Brother Dan was preaching because he had in his bag, he had a rubber snake. Well, I knew he was going to pull it out because he was telling the Bible story about Paul and how the, the snake, you know, bit his arm and he shook it off. But we had, I'm looking back here, uh, Miss Betty, I saw you in that chapel service. We had a teacher 
her whose name was Miss Betty Shell, and we had a teacher who was sitting in the back of the chapel. And let me tell you something, that rubber snake was scary to her. So I don't have to ask. I know Miss Betty has a fear of snakes, and many of you do. But isn't it interesting that all throughout the Bible, God shows up and he speaks a message to his people and he says, fear not, fear not. You know why? Because that's our nature. We are prone to fear, and maybe your fear is not heights, and maybe your fear is not snakes. Maybe your fear is something else. Maybe your fear is doing what God has called you to do. Maybe your fear is giving up some friends. Maybe your fear is giving up some, some, some habits. Maybe your fear is just letting go and let God have his way. But I want to tell you, God gives a message of peace, and it is the message that you don't have to be afraid. Aren't you glad that God knows what we're going through? He knows the feelings that we have. He knows the fears that we have. And rather than saying, what's your problem? Why don't you get over it? Why do I have to keep coming back and reassuring you all these times? Aren't you glad that God doesn't do that? He just comes and he says, hey, you don't have to be afraid. I've got everything under control. Everything's going to be okay. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to work out the details. All you have to do is trust me. And I'm glad we have a God that we can trust. The message of God in the Christmas story, number one, we see it is a message of peace. Verse number 10, and the angel said unto them, fear not. And he goes on to tell them why they did not have to be afraid. Secondly, I see the message is the plan of God. The angel said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The plan of God involved good news. The plan of God involved great news. The plan of God involved a salvation plan. You say, Pastor, who needs a salvation plan? Who needs good news of salvation? You do. And I do. And every one of us on this earth, we need God's plan of salvation because we had a problem we couldn't fix. We had sin. And the Bible tells us that for almost 1,500 years since the law of Moses had been instituted to the time of Jesus, they had been trying to cover their sins with the blood of animals. And by the way, that was God's plan until the Lamb of God. That was God's plan until the perfect sacrifice came. But for 1,500 years, they were trying to fix their sin, and they couldn't fix it. All they could do was cover it. But can I tell you, friend, there's something that doesn't just cover your sin. It washes your sin away. And that is the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us. It cleans us. It removes the sin. It, it, it takes away the sin. And we have a problem called sin. And God had a plan called a Savior. And that plan was a plan that every one of us needed. You see, God has a plan for your salvation. If you're here today and you've never been saved, it is God's plan that you would be saved today. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for the situation that you're in. And can I tell you this morning that God's plan is always better than your plan? And God's plan is always better than my plan. I see the message of God in the Christmas story. Number one, it's a message of peace. Number two, it's a message of his plan. But thirdly, it's a message that is personal. 
Would you notice with me in verse number 11? The angel speaking to the shepherds. He says there's good news. There is good tidings. And he says in verse 11, for unto you. I'm glad this good news is personal. This isn't good news that just applies to somebody else. This isn't just good news that applies to your neighbor or your spouse or your child or your parent. This is good news that applies to you and to me. It is personal unto you. I'm glad it's personal. I'm glad it's for me. I'm glad that salvation is a personal uh, gift that we can receive by faith in Jesus Christ. But can I tell you this morning, you have to make it personal. You must be willing to receive Jesus Christ for yourself because your parents can't receive him for you. Your children can't receive him for you. Your pastor can't do it for you. Your Sunday school teacher can't do it for you. Your friends cannot do it for you. It is a decision that you must accept and receive Christ by faith and it's up to you to do it for yourself. Salvation is personal. Once you get saved, once you've received the gift of eternal life, then you're faced with the decision, are you going to live for Christ or are you going to live for yourself? Are you going to live for God or are you going to live for the things of this world? And again, your parents can't make that decision for you. Your youth pastor, your Sunday school teacher, your school teacher, uh, your grandparents, and, and so many in this room, you've got wonderful godly grandparents, but they can't do it for you. You've got to do it for yourself. You must make that decision because it's a personal decision. Can I tell you this morning that the judgment seat of Christ is personal? The Bible says that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one of us may receive the things done in our own body. According to that, we have done, whether it be good or bad. As a saved person, as a child of God, you and I, we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, that's not a place to decide if you're going to heaven or not. That's a place because you've already gone to heaven, because you've already been saved. But the judgment seat is a place where our works will be tried. The Bible says to see of what sort or of what, what quality they are. The Bible says that some will come forth as gold, silver, and precious stone. But other is going to be like wood, hay, and stubble. And when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, I'm not going to stand there with my father. And I love my dad, and my dad did so much in my life and invested so much. But when I stand before the judgment seat, he's not going to be there standing beside me. When I stand before the judgment seat, my wife is not going to be standing there with me. My children will not be standing there with me. That's a, a personal time that I must give an account. That I've got to say, hey, here is what I have done for Christ. Here is how I have lived my life. I'm glad that salvation, I'm glad it's personal. But can I tell you, with salvation, there are some responsibilities. With privilege comes responsibility. You know how that works. Remember that day when you started driving and your mom or dad, they handed you the keys to the car? What came with those keys? Responsibility. Can I tell you, when we got saved, what a glorious gift. There came with that a responsibility to take our lives and to live our lives for the honor and glory of Christ. Quickly, I want you to see the message that God speaks in the Christmas story, number four. It's found in verses 13 and 14. The angel spoke, and the Bible says in verse 13, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. 
The message that God speaks in the Christmas story is a message of praise. It is a message of praising God. It is a message of giving glory to God. It is a message of saying, hey, this is what God deserves. This is what belongs to him. He deserves all the glory. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that in heaven, the angels, they cease not. They don't stop glorifying God. Boy, that's convicting, isn't it? Because sometimes I feel like we have stopped. I wonder in your life today on this Christmas Eve of 2023, I wonder if something has happened that has caused you to stop praising God. Or maybe it's put a damper on it. Or maybe it's really slowed it down. Maybe your life was all about praising God and now it's kind of on again, off again. I know for some, COVID stopped praise. And friend, I want to tell you, I don't care what it is, Nothing ought to stop us from praising God. Maybe for some, maybe it is your health and that has stopped you from praising God. It's time to get back to praising God. You see, you can praise God whether your health is good or whether it's bad. Maybe it's your bank account. You say, my bank account, it is really low. This economy is killing me. Well, it may kill your bank account, but it doesn't have to kill your praise because God is worthy of our praise. What has stopped you? I'm afraid for some people, politics has stopped them. Some have gotten so wrapped up in a political party. Some have got so wrapped up in a, a political figure. Some have got so wrapped up in what's going on in D.C. or what's going on in the Middle East. And can I tell you something? That stuff, I think you ought to be concerned. I think you ought to pray. I think you ought to vote. But that stuff ought never stop you from praising God. What is it that has stopped you? Maybe it's a family situation. Maybe it's a wayward child. Maybe it's a grandchild that has broken your heart. Maybe it's a spouse that has left you. I don't know what it is, but I'm saying this. Nothing should stop us from praising God. And the message from God is this, that we should be praising and we should be glorifying Him because He is worthy of our praise. Quickly, I see the message found in verse 14. It's a message of peace. The angels were, were, were singing and praising God. And it says in verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Goodwill toward men. Friend, I want to tell you today, this is Christmas. This should be the happiest time of the year. But for many folks, it's miserable. For many folks, it's difficult. For many folks, it's frustrating. And here's why. Because if you're counting on your peace coming from the outside, from the exterior, you will be disappointed. But if your peace can come from the inside, if your peace can come from your heart, if your peace can come from your soul, and if your peace can be a peace that God gives you, you can experience peace, and not just at Christmas. You can experience peace every day of the year. You can experience peace no matter if it's a holiday or a work day. You can experience peace whether it's a school day or a vacation day. You can experience peace because of the peace of God that has come into our lives. Peace on earth and then goodwill toward men. I spoke yesterday, I had the honor to speak yesterday at the graveside service for Brother Futrell's mother. You know, it was amazing to me to hear about that Friday, Miss Carol 
went home to be with the Lord. And I thank God so much. Warren and Laura, I'm so glad you got to be there. God gave you that gift. They got to be there. They got to hold her. And they got to watch her enter the presence of God. These are not my words. These are the words of Warren and Lori. But they said it was amazing there in that hospital when she left this life to enter the next. When she left this world to enter the next world. When she left her family down here to be with her family up there. They said there was such a peace that came over her face. Can I tell you, friend, the peace of God not only gets you through life, but the peace of God can get you through death. The peace of God is something that can help you. It is something that can establish you. It is something that can stabilize you. It is something that you can take with you. Now, when you come to church, we ask you to leave the hymn books here. Not, don't take those home. We ask you to leave the furniture and the decorations. You can't take those home. But there's a lot of things you can take home with you. And one of those is the peace of God. And if you come to a service like this and you experience the peace of God here, I want to tell you that's wonderful. But you don't have to wait till the next church service to have peace with God and to experience that peace in your life. You can take it with you and you can live it in your life every day. It is a peace that passes understanding. It is a peace that fills our lives with joy. It is a peace that God gives us through Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Lastly, I see in this passage, I see the message of God is for goodwill toward men. Number six, the word is purpose. Uh, what, what is our purpose for living? What, what is our purpose for life? Well, yes, of course it's to praise God, but our purpose in life is to do good to others. Goodwill toward men. We know what God's will is toward men. God's will is that nobody would perish, but that everyone would have eternal life. We know God's will is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God's will is for everybody to get saved. God's will is for everybody to receive the gift of eternal life. But what is your will for others? What is my will for others? You know, sometimes at Christmas, my will for others is, I wish they'd get out of my way. I wish they'd stop taking all the good parking spots. I wish that if they're driving on the interstate in the left lane, I wish they'd at least go the speed limit. I wish that they wouldn't make all those registers, those lines be so long. Sometimes our will for others is not really anything about them right? It's sometimes it's all about us. But what is your will for others? You see, the more we live for God, the more we please God, our theme for the year is to follow Jesus. And as we follow Jesus, you know what we find? Jesus leads to help others. Jesus leads to do something for others. You see, if your life this week was all about you, and I know Christmas time is usually a time where we do focus a lot on others and giving and, and doing things for others. I think that's wonderful. But if your life is not about others, then I'd say this. I think we need to do, take inventory and examine our lives and say, are we really following Jesus? Because if we're following him, we will be consumed with goodwill toward men. 
living for God and living for others must be done on purpose. Nobody ever lived a surrendered life on accident. I've met a lot of Christians. I've talked to a lot of young people. I've talked to a lot of college students. I've talked to a lot of young adults and middle-aged adults. I've talked to a lot of preachers. I've never had anybody say, you know what? We got this person in our church, and it's an amazing story. They just, they live for God, and they weren't even trying to. (laughs) Doesn't happen. You know how you live for God? On purpose. You live for God because you make a decision every single day to say, I've got to crucify this old flesh. This old flesh gets in the way. This old flesh makes a mess of things. This old flesh is so selfish and self-centered. And I've got to crucify my flesh. And I've got to yield myself to the Holy Spirit. And as we do that, we will find that our life is lived with a purpose that pleases God. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.